Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between myself, Christoph, and Pastor Jeff talking about the sermon from August 22nd, 2021. Hey everyone, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. My name is Christoph, and joining me today is Pastor Jeff. Hey Jeff. Hey, good morning, Christoph. How's it going? It's going. I didn't have like a, a cool title for you. I feel like every time you're on with Robbie or Jay, they're like the the elusive Jeff Colossi, <laughs> the ever positive Jeff Colossi. I didn't have one. Yeah, they them, do so. kind of add that on. I didn't think about that, but you're right. They do. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to be with you, man. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's kind of a muggy day outside. It is. Um, you just kind of step outside and you like instantly sweat. <laughs> yeah, Jeff and I this morning were taking down the tents that we have been using for like covering the worship team. Yeah. You know, when we're yeah. worshiping a Sunday morning and they were so wet. And I mean, it didn't rain, right? It hadn't rained for a while. But the dew and the the mugginess. Was, yeah, they just was, they just collected it. Yeah, I know because I got a little wet. Walked back in the youth wing, and you guys have the you yeah. guys have the tops of the tents just spread out across the youth wing. It's actually a slip and slide. Oh, is that right? Yeah, is it an indoor slip and slide yes. for the youth wing. That'll go over great. I'm I right. joke that if we had just put them back there yesterday for game day, and, and, the, and the students walked in and they and they said, "What are these for?" and you said, "Whatever you want." That's what they that's, would have done with them. One hundred percent will happen. Uh, so I was I was thinking this morning um, before we even get started. But oh, actually, that's a really good reminder, by the way, because we're taking them down because we're we're kind of transitioning out of summer. We we're doing worship in the park uh, this Sunday. Yes, we'll be over at Badger Park, and then uh, we're back inside. Yes, that's pretty crazy. It is. It really is. I'm going to miss the, especially this last Sunday was beautiful, right? I it mean, really I think, was. Yeah. But I will not miss the, uh, you know, eighty-five and humid Sundays. Oh man, I so. would I would come home after church service, and I would just I would feel like a baked potato. Like I just yeah. I felt like someone stuck me in a microwave. Yep. <laughs> I but I I was like spiritually nourished. I was like, oh man, that message like really. But like physically, I'm like I just need like twenty minutes to just like cool off for a second, and then. Yeah, tackle your, whatever your body's period. saying i'm no longer under attack by the sun so i can i can rest for a minute yeah. yeah usually my sunday after church um kind of routine that's kind of when i i'm able to get to mowing the grass like that that has been kind of my thing mowing the grass and i was this is a conversation i had with with robbie like three years ago but it, I, i'm curious your thoughts on this there is something about working in ministry that makes like tasks like mowing the lawn one of the most joyous things because it's a it's a task that y- you complete. Is, there's like an actual completion to it. <laughs> and so I, because I remember one time, um, someone was super kind and mowed our grass for me, and I was I was I was like upset about it. And Sarah's like, "Why are you upset? Somebody mowed the grass for you." And and I the whole reason was because like that that's that like I actually can complete something. There is something tangible that I finish, and oh, that is that is a joyful it's thing. True, you can see right away what you've done and. The outcome is in your control. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you cut this part of the lawn, it will be cut. You uh, uh, rarely get that when yeah. it comes to ministry. It's a little different that way, right? The outcomes are are never in the hands of any of us who are trying to serve other people. No, They're just not. It's no, out of our hands in God's hands, and that's both good and a, a a challenge, right? It's a it's a stretch for our faith to trust His work. I mean, even thinking about the funny warm Sundays this summer, right? 
we all trust that he's doing something even on those Sundays where it was like, wow, that is hot. He's working. Yeah. He's doing something unique and, uh, we can trust him with those outcomes. I really enjoyed this Sunday though. I felt like just being together. I I've loved having the one service where we can see everyone together mm-hmm. who sometimes might've been in first service or second service where they weren't together. That's been really cool too. Yeah, absolutely. And to just kind of know that, yeah, everyone is there. Everyone is, is hearing because even, even though you're preaching the same sermon to, you know, on a Sunday morning, like there's just little nuances sometimes that changes in between them to know that they were there for the same sermon, same worship, same, like that, that whole experience is something that we did together as a church family. Yes. Uh, which and, is awesome. And even for people who, you know, are online who are worshiping, you know, remotely. Yeah. They're still, it's still happening. Everyone is at the same time. Yeah. I, I just love that. Yeah. So speaking of Sunday, you preached on Psalm 46, which is, man, what an incredible Psalm. And I think one of the things I loved about your sermon, especially, um, and I think this just speaks to how important this Psalm has been throughout church history is you had a number of references to different people in church history uh, that have used this psalm or have been inspired by this psalm or I, I love that you, you know Martin Luther with the, with the mighty fortunes our God and uh, quoting that uh, that prayer from yeah, from Patrick, Patrick yeah. um, which by the way was super funny my I grew up Catholic and so when you said Patrick it, it never clicked to me say that it, you were talking you didn't say Saint, Saint Pat. Patrick yeah you didn't yeah. say Saint <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Patrick from our church and I was like wow Patrick wrote that hey that's... yeah he came up to me after the service and said yeah. thanks for quoting me yeah and it took me a minute to realize what he meant yeah, he wrote that he wrote that on the boat when he yeah. was out fishing obviously yeah. <laughs> but yeah I I should have probably said Saint Patrick uh, to clue in I was just thinking Patrick another follower of Jesus you know yeah um, but that prayer, the in case you just to refresh your memory, that prayer is about Christ being all around us. So Patrick's like kind of imagining, I think, you imagine him writing this prayer and he's imagining Christ before him, behind him, beside him, on his left and right, above him, below him. And then he says within and without, and then in quiet and danger. The idea is that Christ is present all around us. There's something really powerful about that exercise of imagination and I do think God gave us imaginations to use in worship of him that way. Like we can misuse our imagination. And that's a tendency I think we all have, like imagining this worst case scenario or imagining this thing is happening that, you know, maybe isn't um, kind of a judgmentalism that ends up being a misuse of imagination. But then there's this really awesome, like sanctified use of imagination where we are envisioning these truths that Christ is all around us. I love that. I love that. So what, what drew you to, so for those, those who, who don't know this summer, we have been uh, preaching out of the Psalms, but the way that we've been picking the Psalms is it directly correlates to our Bible reading plan that we've been going through through the church. So you're basically given like a, a handful of Psalms, like five or six yes. to pick from, and, and you have to pick one and then preach from it. What drew you to Psalm 46? What was it that was like, I, this is something that God uh, has for faith church this Sunday morning? That's a good question. My, I mean, the process that I go through when I have a number of texts like that is I actually start and just say, God, would you please make it clear which one is going to be the, the text that you want your people to hear? And when I read Psalm 46, which is interesting, it was the last one for the week. So it was the right. Sunday one. Um, it just was immediately evident. I think the imagery and the, the truths that it contained 
are so basic but so profound that I knew right away this is the one we need to focus on. And I know for my heart, so my heart's been kind of meditating and and churning it, you know, in my mind for weeks now. And it's just done. God has done a work in me as mm. I've just sat in it. Um, sometimes I think in our Bible reading, in our meditation, we feel like we need to make progress in the sense of reading more. And reading more is good, right? So we're doing this Bible reading plan. I think that's great. Let's work through the New Testament together. But there's also something to be said of just camping out on a chapter or on a paragraph for an extended period of time and reading it and reading it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And for my own soul, Psalm 46 has done a, God has done a work in me through it. Um, but I love that fortress image. I think that that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it. I think it's just powerful. Yeah. Your question when you, when you, when you came to fortress and it was like right in the beginning of the sermon, you said, okay, close your eyes and think of a fortress what specific part of the fortress are you thinking about? Hmm. What, what part, what, what to you comes to mind? Like when you think that, and then I'll share what, what came to my mind. To me, it's the, it's the strong, like huge tower, the huge tower, the idea yeah. that like, and I, and it's almost like, you know, this is, this is figurative, right? It's imaginative, but imagining like any threat is unable to climb the tower. They're unable to, throw anything at the tower that could reach you because you were so high in this strong tower. Like the thing is just big enough to either shield you from things or you're in it. And, uh, I just, I think of like stones right away, you know, probably a lot of the imagery is from Lord of the Rings or whatever that, that sure. comes to my yeah. mind. Um, yeah. What, what do you think? What comes to your it's mind? What do you think of Lord of the Rings? Like the, the orcs coming in with the ladders to storm the, yeah, but it's a fortress, right? Uh -huh. Um, it's it's funny. The first thing my uh, spaghetti brain thought about was was a moat. Okay, <laughs> I thought, yeah. I thought a moat. Yeah. Um, which which is funny because it feels like the opposite of the intended, like something that's large and, and on a foundation. But I I thought of um I really did. I thought of this moat, this this really big moat, uh, with with alligators inside of it. Yes. And it was it was treacherous for those who were t trying to storm. Uh, the fortress, but for those who were inside of the fortress, it was this protection um, from th from those outside of it. And um, yeah, no, that's that's where my brain went was was a moat. So I don't know what that says about me. I'm sure there's a psychologist out there somewhere who can figure <laughs> out why, why we think what we think based upon that. But I love that image I too, yeah. though. I mean, that's all part of the environment of you are safe. This is a place you can run into. A very present help in trouble and yeah so i i'm still hoping that there's some people who are have drawn something we would love to see that if you ended up going home and drawing a sketching something out of, of what came to your mind i think that image is something that i know for me as i carry it with me that wherever i go i'm in that i'm in god and i'm protected by him it changes my heart it changes the way i i act it changes the way challenges feel why? Why, did, why does it change the way you act and feel? Because I know I'm always going to be okay. I don't ever have to do anything out of fear or self-protection. Yeah, but what about when it doesn't feel like it's okay? I mean, like, that's that's great, but we certainly have times where that yes. doesn't always feel feel that way, right? Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the growth in Christ. That's the transformation that I pray for for myself and for others is that that's where we need these truths. Because if it always felt like we were safe, 
I don't think we'd need a psalm that told us we were. <laughs> hmm. So w- when you read truths like that in scripture, it's worth asking, why is this there? Well, because the psalmist and the people who sung these songs didn't always feel that way. That's why. So that's the whole point is that there's going to be lots of times in our experience where it seems like kind of like if you take the anti-psalm, if you reverse that psalm, so instead of that God is a very present help in trouble, it's like it, if you reversed it, it would say God is very far away in trouble. Hmm. Not helpful. Yeah. And right. sometimes if we examine like what I what am I feeling right now, does it feel closer to God as a very present help in trouble or does it feel closer to God as very distant and not helpful in trouble? Sometimes we feel like the second thing, like he's distant. Right. And that uh, the reason that's helpful, it's it I think that's helpful is that then we can say God give me faith. Help me to trust that what is true right now about reality and about my situation. Help me to trust that. And I know that your word tells me what's true. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That 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 kind of sparked a light bulb for me. So I'm going to unpack that for a second, what I, yeah. what I just heard. I think it's really easy sometimes when we're reading scripture to to feel like the person who is writing that specific psalm was doing it out of a heart of just feeling exactly what they were writing, hmm. you know? So for Psalm 46, right, um, the, the the person writing it was, was, was just feeling warm and safe and secure, and that's why they wrote it. I, I don't think we think sometimes that the psalmist is actually feeling quite the opposite, mm-hmm. and they're penning this psalm, they're writing this, out of the need to remind themselves of that truth. Yes. You know, uh, because what we, what we believe about um, the inspiration of scripture, and this is, I, I think this is what's beautiful about it, is that it is, um, it is simultaneously God's word. This is God's inspired, authoritative word written by him, but he chose the vehicle by which to do that by very real people, very, you know, people who struggled, people who, who felt what we feel. And I think it's a great reminder sometimes to look at these and go, that is true. That is right. God is our refuge, our strength, a very present help in trouble. Um, and it's very easy to read that and think, oh, that person's got it all collected and all cool and all together and everything like that. But it could very well not be the case. In yes. fact, th- this is the sort of stuff we need to write when we're feeling the opposite to remind ourselves of that truth. And to me, that's incredible because that is simultaneously God affirming the fact that we feel uh, the brokenness of of this world, the brokenness of sin, whether it's it is our own personal sin or we've been sinned against or or you know neither of them, we just the brokenness of this world. Um, it is simultaneously that affirmation of feeling that while also going, but there is something better. Yes, you know something greater, and he goes, look to me. Yeah, I love that point, Christoph. I mean, to me, one of the things that makes scripture come alive is when, like for me, when I'm reading it and I remember that both the humans that God spoke through to pen it and the humans that it's written about. So like maybe a story, a narrative where someone's encountering Jesus, for example, these were real humans Yep. Yeah. who would have reacted differently than us, right? They're different people than us living in a different time than us, but they were humans. So they had fears, they had hopes, they had doubts. Right. And I love that our scriptures contain all of those things and the Psalms in particular, the beauty of them. I think one of the beautiful things about them is that the kind of full range of human emotions is on display, complaint and lament, but also celebration and, and confident 
praising of God and and it's all coming out of just the full human experience of what it's like to be alive and what it's like to encounter the true and living God, that phrase that we see throughout the scriptures that is really with us. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I, as you're talking just kind of, you know, a few minutes ago, you're talking about imagination. And I think one of the ways that our imagination goes poorly is we just, we assume other people's thoughts, feelings, emotions, where mm. they're at. And I think we do that sometimes with those who wrote in scripture and we're, we, we miss out on that depth. We miss out mm. on that, on that beauty of that because we do that. You know, it's just one of the ways, again, that our imagination sometimes is a beautiful thing and it's, it's sometimes the worst thing, you know, yes. for, you know, and, and I, I, so I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, or like we elevate their experience which some of the experiences recorded in the Bible are like, they were one-time things. Right. Right. So the people who saw Jesus right after he was resurrected, that is not an event that will be repeated for us. Right. But we can elevate them to a point where it's like, okay, that's good for them. They had that experience of God. And, but what about me in the real world? As if their experience wasn't in the real world. Right. As if it's some sort of, you know, fairy tale that we're just kind of watching. That's a danger. uh, From afar. I think we face that. And because, and that's getting back to your original question that I think sparked this is that how does this make a difference? Well, it again, helps me to remind myself and be reminded of what is real about the world. It's just like any truth about reality when you follow it and like adjust yourself to it, life will go better. It's the same with this truth. Hmm. So the truth of like, you know, we can't both cross the road and a car go by at the exact same time. Like that's an important basic truth we live with. We look both ways. Right. Right. So that helps us live in the world. This is another one of those things that God is present with his people all the time. When we live according to that reality, that will impact our life in amazing ways not only internally, but actually externally and what we experience and what God, I think, empowers us to do and so on in the world. Oh, man, that's good. That's good. Was there anything that you, I know this is a question that you guys try to tackle on the podcast um, when just, just in general, but was there anything that you really wanted to include in the sermon, but you weren't, weren't able to? Anything that kind of hit the, the cutting room floor that you wish you could have communicated, but you didn't have a chance to? Yeah, I have a whole document this time of things I cut. Really? Yes. Um, some of them were just things that didn't need to be said. Um, but I was, <laughs> I was actually trying to intentionally keep the sermon to a length that I felt like even if it was really warm, we could focus. And sure. I, so yeah. that was part of that. But yeah. I, my mind at one point went to the book of Ephesians and the armor of God passages there. And I think because I was thinking about fortresses and safety and, um, so I think this is related to that as well. Um, the part that it struck me was, okay, so you have this truth that God is a very present help in trouble and that he's our fortress. The, the truth that goes along with that is that we need to run into that fortress. So we need to cling to him and abide in him and rest in him. And I love how the armor of God passages in Ephesians talk about putting on that armor of God. I think these are related concepts, Sure, you know, and again, it's the idea that there's a shield that there's actually fiery darts coming at us from the evil one. And I think maybe sometimes they're our own sin, um, that need to be blocked and that we can actually take steps in the spirit of God to hold up the shield. And there's a helmet, right. And a breastplate and, um, the, the word, which is the sword. I think that that's another thing that we can really dwell in and imagine that armor 
and I was just struck that there there's something we can do. That's yeah, that's a really good point. And as you're saying that, I'm just imagining someone who is outside of the fortress, you know, being attacked mm-hmm. by the different the the different things that had they been in the fortress, they would have been protected from. And outside of the fortress, they're looking in at it and they're going, why aren't you protecting me? And there's someone at the drawbridge, you know, they've got it down. They're crossing that moat, or at least they could, but they're not. And they're going, why, why aren't you protecting me? Why aren't you protecting me? And the the person's like, get get in here. And they're like, but I don't want to. It's like, well, okay then. I mean, there's a level of, of responsibility, like personal, like you said, personal action to, to enter that fortress or to put on that armor um, that we need to do. I, I think that's so true in so many areas of life. I was just talking to somebody, um, the other day, actually there, there's this, uh, image in a, in a book where this person talks about how they, they were inspired by some of their neighbors to become a marathon runner. Right. Uh, they, they, they looked outside and they saw these people that woke up early and they went for runs and they're like, I'm going to, I want to be a marathon runner. So they went out, they went to the store, they went and bought all the gear, you know, they bought nice running shoes and they bought like, you know, the, the running shorts and just everything, everything needed to be a marathon runner. And they went out for a run one morning, like the first morning they, they have all that stuff. They go for a run and it was awful and they hated mm-hmm. it. And there's this realization that they, they, in their mind, they wanted to be a marathon runner, but in their actions, they, they, they didn't want to be. Now think about that in reverse, right? Yeah. Think about how we have moments where we want to be in, in we need, we want to be in the fortress. We want to uh, be faithful in what we're called to do, yet our actions sometimes don't necessarily follow up to that. And there's just kind of this, this dissonance between what we think versus what we do. And I think the closer we get to bringing those in line with one another, the closer we have kind of this 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 piece and i i love the fact that you're you're saying that because i think that there's just this truth to that that you you need get in the for, get in the fortress the draw bridge is down like god uh-huh. god is like get in here put on the armor it's not and, and the the crazy thing is there's no secret to it right no, no. we we have god's word we live in a time where we have the literal word of god at our fingertips at all times we can spend time in prayer um, we, we live in a time where, you know, you can go to church and you're, you're not going to be persecuted for it. <laughs> you know, incredible, incredible opportunities. And yet, um, we, we sometimes don't do that. And I, I don't know, I, I do want to like say, cause I feel like I feel a little wave of conviction kind of sweeping over me as I'm saying this, like, I understand that there are some people out there that are discouraged and that's like the last thing they want to hear is that it's their fault. Um, and, and sometimes it is, it is the most difficult thing in the world to actually enter that for. I get that. I get that. That is, and there is grace upon grace for those who it is just like every step feels like they have, you know, 20 pound ankle weights on and they're just walking through quicksand. Um, but just keep going. Yeah. Well, keep going. That's the, that's the, I think challenging thing about the concept is that it's not like we're making, we're not. So the truth is, if you are in Christ, you belong to God. He is your fortress. Yeah. Okay. So there's nothing I can do to make him more my fortress, actually. That's a truth. Right. But because I'm a human being, my mind and my experience sometimes betrays that. It can feel differently. So when I'm saying we enter into that fortress, it's like I'm exercising my mind. I'm rehearsing that over so I remember what is true. It's not that I changed that reality, right? Right. Now, there are things that I could do in rebellion, I think, that would 
kind of put me at risk, right? That would make, you know, quote unquote, more dangerous for me. Um, but we're not making it happen, right? Like, yeah, it's kind yeah, of like, um, yeah. but it's true. Like we have a, we have a place in it. We have a role. And sometimes that role is just going to be to acknowledge that truth and to pray it. And then I kind of ended the whole sermon about this, this subversive stillness that God calls us to. And this, the idea that we can be still and know that we are safe. We can be still and know that we're with him and protected and go through life that way. Sure. And it's not stillness as in always silent, but that's definitely part of it. Part of what happens, I think, when we are in silence with God is we realize and experience what is always true about us, like that he does dwell in us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, okay. Two things. I have, you just reminded me of something that really impacted me on Sunday morning, but I do want to say, like, I'm not talking about when I, when I'm talking about walking into the fort, I'm not talking about it in like a salvation type thing. Um, I I really want to make sure that that's very clear because I, I believe if it was a salvation thing, like you're not, you're not able to pick up your legs. Like you're, you're, you're Mm -hmm. dead in the sand. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're not only like stuck in quicksand, you're already underneath it. It it is purely God who grabs you out of it and brings you in. I'm talking when I, when I talk about that image, I'm talking about the person who is a believer who has been saved, um, and is, is just, is going through a season. Um, cause that's, that's really important. I I believe that, you know, there is, there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. That is purely a work of God. So make sure I, I'm thinking about what I just said five minutes ago and going, Oh, somebody could really misunderstand that. No, you are saved by God's grace and by God's grace alone. Um, second thing was something that you reminded me of was, um, was in verse 10. So, um, we do, we, we've been doing over the summer Bible and barbecue with the youth and we always have a devotional Sunday evening with the youth and it's always based upon the sermon. And I just kind of take out something that really, you know, challenged and encouraged me. And I was, when you were reading through the Psalm and preaching through it, um, verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And I was just thinking how I think sometimes we, we have this idea that until we have a platform God, God's name is not going to be shown in lights. You know, like there's this, there's this, there's this human need to be on a platform in order for God to be exalted. And I, I was so struck by the fact that it says, be still and know that I am God, not build this incredible platform of people following you. And then I will be exalted among the nations. It is be still and know that I am God. Um, and I, and I just, I was challenged by that because it's really easy to think, well, I don't, you know, I'm not preaching on Sunday morning. I'm not in a Christian band that goes and tours and, you know, I'm not evangelizing out to the masses. I don't have this social media account that has all these followers. That's not the calling. The calling isn't to build a platform. And we live in a society right now where building a platform is like the whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we're, we're going out and we're seeking the platform and seeking the fame. And I think oftentimes we do it under this idea of, well, when I do that, then Jesus's name will be put on lights. And I love how in this verse it says the exact opposite. It is be still. Yes. Anyways, sorry, that was my... That's a really good application of that. Yeah. It's it's not be frantic and make something happen. We don't build the kingdom. Right. God is doing that. He is, he is advancing his kingdom, and he has been from the very beginning, right? And I, it's that's why I think it's so subversive. It's so different than what... I think is the current spirit of the age. It probably, it's always been that way, right? With humans exalting themselves and, um, 
saying in all kinds of ways, look what I can do and look who I am. Right. right? But God is here saying, no, I'm going to be exalted. I will be known. And it makes you think of Jesus when he said too at the end of Matthew, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, right? Like he's the sovereign king. And then he says, go and make disciples of all nations, that people who would be his apprentices all over the world. And it's just so cool that like, it's not raise up an army. It's not like the things you describe, you know, our version of that, right? Like get a huge following. It's this follow me. And he's going to build this thing. He's going to follow, gather people as his disciples live in this world. It's a beautiful thing. I yeah. love it. Yep. 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 I love it. I love it. All right. Was there, was there anything else, Jeff, that you would like to encourage people with, uh, with Psalm 46? I think I would just encourage everyone just to continue to, when you come across, maybe it's not Psalm 46 for you. Maybe it's another Psalm that strikes you. I would encourage you to try sitting in that for a few weeks. You know, where you just read it every day and ask God over and over and over again, what are you saying to me? What are you saying in this word? And how do I use my imagination? You know, whatever tools that we have at our disposal to help us really understand and see what God is saying. Um, if it is Psalm 46, I would encourage you to keep, keep at it. You know, don't let it just go away after this week when we go to another Psalm on Sunday, but just sit in it. Um, and be encouraged and be assured that he is our fortress. He is your fortress. Whatever you're going through today and whatever God has before you, you are safe in him. There's nothing that, I just love the idea that there's nothing in the world and all creation that can thwart God's good purposes for any of us today. I love it. Nothing. I love it. That's a good word. Hey, worship in the park this Sunday. I'm looking forward it's to it. It's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. Uh, speaking of which, on the very off chance that you're listening to this before worship in the park, which is on August, what is that? 29th, 20. Yeah. 29th, August 29th. Um, we're going to be doing baptisms. If you've never been baptized, what an incredible time to get baptized. We'll be down by the river. Uh, seriously, let's, let's baptize you. It's, it's the calling that Jesus has given to every believer is to repent and be baptized. Um, it is that, that outward expression of that inward conviction of that work that God has done within you. Um, so join us for that. Join us for worship in the park. It's going to be awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, how they close this out. If you I, have any I, questions, I, sorry. I was just going to say that you triggered a thought with the baptism thing. Yeah. You know, baptism is a very subversive act as well. In, in baptism, you know, one of the things among many that we're doing is saying my allegiance is with Jesus yeah. Christ above yeah. all any power. So just like our stillness is subversive and it undermines the spirit of the age, baptism does the same thing with another image. Jesus is king. All the other threats to his rule and his kingdom are going to be dealt with by him. And in baptism, we actually are visually proclaiming that truth, which I think yeah. is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And how is, how is our king crowned? Yeah. Not, not by no. military action, by, but by you know paying the price for our mm -hmm. sin, dying on the cross, and then conquering death, rising from the grave. Yes. And that's what baptism represents, is that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which is awesome. Oh, man, I, I love I love baptisms. I actually, uh, two years ago today, it showed up in my Facebook memories. Two years ago today, I got to baptize four guys mm. um, 
and it, what a joy that was. They were actually showing me pictures of it too. They're like, "Hey, Christoph, remember?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's awesome." So that was that was really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to this Sunday's uh, baptism. Well. well, if you have any questions for the podcast, you can send us an email: connect at faithpestigo.com. Uh, you can find out more details as well about the podcast or about what's going on here at Faith Church on our website, faithpeshtigo.com. Um, and follow us on Facebook. Uh, that's another way to keep connected on, on things that are going. But um, until next week, church, we love you. Grace and peace from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.